0: Encouragement to attune to awareness within which is folded up, is folded within this embodiment experience. So it's not a body. It's not a, a sight. It's not the eye. It's not the ear. It's not hearing. It's not seeing. Not touching. It's not thinking. It's not smelling. It's not fragrance. Nor is it apart from these. Neither is them nor is apart from these. Mm. It's not somewhere else, and yet it's not these either, and it's not that it doesn't exist. <laughs> 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 it's this uh, emptiness, you know, the non-position. <coughs> it's it's folded up within these. So when we try to ex- you know extract awareness as something separate from the The body, then you know, because the body feels painful or difficult, then uh, the struggle gets set up because it, you know, then you you what happens is your your awareness then gets stuck into a particular volitional quality or a mental quality or a head quality or a mood quality. It gets glued into there, but. so you know, one just transfers uh, from one place to another place. We transfer from bodily base to a mental base. Um, you know, to, to, to different. We can it, we can move it around, but it's still folded up in that. Um, and the unfolding of awareness is not um, separated from the body, but, but spaciousness within the sense realm. In the uh, Buddha's talk on, on emptiness, which I was looking at with a group of people a week or so ago, <coughs> Chula Sunyata Sutta in the Buddha gives a progressive discourse on, on emptiness. And he describes someone practicing, establishing certain um, field perception, certain um, perceptual realm, such as the sense of earth, you know, sense of um, which means that one detects, one goes to that quality of firmness or form, both internally, what this body feels like as a kind of mass. We look on these masses here. You we know, so see these kind of formed, solid entities. And we bring up, instead of, this is Joe, and this is Susan, and da-da-da-da-da, just body. Yeah. And then, you know, it's not even a body now, because, you know, we're, we know it could be made of styrofoam. We, what we can know is there's a form there, and, a, and something that gives rise to a solid, massive, uh, consistent shape. The shaping is called the water. But... So we can look at the, we can contemplate externally earth element, and we can recognise the ground beneath us, and all solid objects, and all things that have mass to them as earth. And we can detect this here, the sense of it, the the solidity there. (coughs) And just by letting the mind dwell in that, not by removing it, but by, by in a way purifying or distilling particular essences. Um, then the various complications that arise, the various proliferative tendencies, you know, uh, which come externally, internally. Uh, so she looks like this, he looks like that, he reminds me of this, What a funny sweater she's wearing, da-da-da-da-da, you know, or about about this particular body, self-consciousness about the appearance of it, or or a kind of um, holding it as oneself, fretting over it, worrying about it, all that can be just quelled. We go with just the simplicity of earth. This is ex- you know this is how to meditate in a way. It's it's not just to dwell upon an object, but to dwell it, dwell upon it distilling particular salient characteristics that then become a place where one can just the mind can just settle mm. this is how to meditate so you know meditation is more than just an act of attention it's an act of an awareness that that is able to enter into uh, an experience and distill or pick up the the salient characteristic, the the tone that's calming or settling. But meditation is is definitely a kind of an act, a subtle act. I'm saying that sometimes we can sit here and not meditate, just sitting here, letting the things roll. If we want to meditate, then we pick up and handle material in this particular way. It's not a matter of, of chopping material apart, but are handling it just like you're handling dough, and you're gradually massaging it into a consistent shape that's simple, and you can hold. So you, you're taking away the the discrete and the, um, the proliferative tendencies, and just getting a sense of a wholeness. What's the wholeness of this body feel like? So the Buddha describes this process and says, when, it, when it's like this is empty of proliferating tendencies. It's empty of me and mine or the habit formations which the busyness that normally gets, gets, um, goes on. And one can detect that quality of emptiness as a, as a sign of space, the space for me here. I'm not busy here. There's no future here. There's no past here. And th- that sense of kind of like an innocence of being, and the joy of that. And this is these, is these are the this is the, what I call the ground of relative emptiness. It's a sense of where the enlightenment factors are. A sense of joy, potential. There's not a huge amount of stuff to deal with. So we need to establish that that quality. So emptiness is not barren or vacuous. It's just empty of distraction, empty of snags, empty of snares. This is what we call relative emptiness. And it, it, it's our basis for, for it's what we aim for in meditation. It's what meditation is about. And then being able to say, can I carry that through, through a day? Can I want to stand? Can I sense... It's this. And when I look around, I kind of sense it's just this. You know, it's just a building here. Walls, windows. Just human beings here. And not all the, Mrs. IMS, it's da 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 it reminds me of this, I don't like that, and why should it be this way, why are people like that? It's just like this. And, you know, notice how instinctive it is to add things, to just be scribbling over the walls all the time. (laughs) Yeah, because that's what we're trained to do. We're conditioned to doing that. And all the possibilities of what it could be or should be or reminds me of interpretations. But right now it's just this. The only thing it can be is this right now. There's nothing else it can be. The sound only, it only can only be this at this time. It does what it has to do. It arises. It passes. It is what it, it does. That this is this is where we are. And in the spaciousness around that, recognizing. that quality of its suchness it doesn't stick it has no sticking in it the sticking comes from karma formations, from the scribbling from the making much of from the what will it be what could it be how will this be then the the karma formations which are volitional do, do, do prevent stop, make, change, and all that supports that, then it's the emptying of that. (coughs) And in this discourse, the Buddha then describes various um, more refined levels of perception that one's mind can abide in and dwell in. And as usual, he goes the full course of, of, of everything you know, that the most adept meditator could experience as a meditator. You know, these kind of extremely attenuated and refined levels of perception. And he says, when you're in this level, it's just this. Just this. You know, the r- level of infinite space is just this. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not better. It's not worse. It's not should be, could be. Wow, I am. Wow, I'm not. It's just this. (laughs) And so if it is one empties out those tendencies to make me, mine, supposed to be I am, I'm not, I will be, one empties out that, that fretting, that pushing, that wave of becoming collapses. And he says we, we arrive at a, uh, you can arrive at a place called signlessness where nothing sticks like, like, tra- like writing in water. When you run your finger through water, it doesn't for a moment stick. You know, the letters don't stay there. Or like you're writing in the air. The moment and it passes and there's so little clinging left that the pr- impressions just keep fading as, as they, as they arise. Um, and this is the you know, sense of of um, emptying, and we might think you know, this itself, this sublime immediacy, is um, this must be the highest. And he says, well, at this particular point, one recognizes I have arrived at this particular um, quality through meditating through inclining my mind, through this subtle form of activity, I've arrived at this. So everything I've arrived at has been somehow conditioned by my efforts. And seeing this, one is not attached to that, One lets go even of that. One is able to let go of that. And then the ab- abiding, this is the complete, absolute, pure descent into emptiness is just this. And what remains are these six sense bases with the life force. So the seeing, hearing, touching, tasting, smelling and um, acts of cognition. and the energy there, the life energy, need to be completely embodied with no agenda. Because what's occurred, essentially, is we haven't wiped out the senses, because, he says, if this was the case, then a blind man would be liberated. <laughs> if this was the case, then, you know, someone was blind, deaf, dumb, numb, and had a lobotomy, would be a liberated person.
1: Yeah.
0: It's, not the se- it's not the fault of the sense world, it's this karma formations, it's the volitional, confused volitional tendency which is always ascribing, accumulating, negating, cross referencing, pushing, withdrawing, manipulating. It's that. This is is where our suffering is. And karma formations always give rise to the sense of there's a me doing it and me will benefit from it. If me works at it hard enough, assiduously enough, skillfully enough, surreptitiously enough, then I will benefit from this. I will derive benefit from this. And this is the wave of becoming. And to a certain extent, it's a, it's, a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. There are relative benefits to be obtained, otherwise surely we wouldn't do it at all. As the Buddha says, if there were no pleasure attainable in the sense world, people would not be attached to it. <laughs> there is pleasure, he says, and one only becomes a renunciant through understanding fully the pleasure of the sense world. And how it is, and how far it goes, and realizing, yes, and yet this is not, I've had pleasure, I know pleasure, I enjoy pleasure, but it doesn't go far enough, it doesn't reach an end. So it's not that one repudiates it, 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 it in a way repudiates itself, or it, 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 it tells you its own limitations, saying, I'm oh, sorry. I've given you all the happiness I can. I can't do more than this. <laughs> Please don't keep asking me to give you any more than this. I've given you all I can give you. I've given you. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not the fault of pleasure. You know, and or of <coughs> our attempts to <coughs> you know get our lives together. So, you know, I've done all I can. You know. You've been educated, you've this, that, you know, you've you've played, you've manipulated, you've changed, you've directed, you've um, created, you've steered. And you're an expert in steering, and, you know, you could go on a dodging track and not get hit, you know, you really know how to do it. But I can't keep you safe. (laughs) You know, I've done all I can, but I can't take you away from suffering. <coughs> but, um, you know, we can say, so get this sense of I can take you to a place of relative emptiness where you'll feel some of the joy and the spaciousness and the delight and the luminosity and the sense of wellness. I can take you there where you'll feel safe enough and easy enough let go where that will, that will happen and that's what we can do so Buddha doesn't repudiate pleasure he says take some pleasure take just the bit the enough that you need so that you don't lose your aim mm. take what you need but, but just keep your aim in mind so you don't lose the tone the clarity don't get fogged by it Take the kind of protection and security that you need, but don't expect to build an iron wall. Take the kind of um, skillfulness that you need, the ability to direct and steer and weave and direct, you know, and investigate. Take what you what you need of that, Mm. but don't you know? Don't expect it to take you to Nibbāna. Mm-hmm. It will take you to a place where you may find now there's no need. I've, I've reached the end of that. There's no need now. We have to find this, feel this out for ourselves. Some So, so there's need, have different needs at different times. And this you know, this is quite a, a, an area for us to understand the difference you know, what's a need and what's just um you know, confusion, misdirected needs. There's a need that's interpreting itself in wrong ways or confused ways, so I can't quite hear it. Then it becomes um <coughs> craving. <coughs> so I need I need to find some sense of, of shelter, you know. Some sense of being able to be stable, and yet if I don't, if that's misunderstood, I get this endless craving to not exist. I need to feel some sense of well-being and nourishment, um, you know, so that I can settle. But if that's not understood clearly enough, it turns into endless gratification instincts. So our guide has to be the tone, the tonality the uprightness the clarity the dignity and to, to attune to that you have to have a certain quality of spaciousness and not have your foot rammed down on the volitional pedal you know, or the compulsion instinct, you know, not be just automated There's enough spaciousness enough give to, to sense um, you know what's what's right here what's bright here and then it's uh, useful just trying to Keep that there in the sense world, you know, in both in the bodily contact. So, with awareness being embedded or in fold, folded up in, in the in the senses in the sense world, because this is what's happened. We are born too late now. You know. <laughs> if You really didn't want this. <laughs> just don't do it again. <laughs> But it, it's happened, so <laughs> you can't pull out now. But if you do this carefully and thoroughly, you, know, you won't have to go through this again. You know. Or if you want to, you can. But it's up to, you know, choice. But the sense of, you know, <coughs> feeling trapped in this is through the, the kind of um, not very conscious Compulsions we get around sense contact <coughs> um, the fear of it, the need for it, the sometimes fear, sometimes need, the, or, all of that um, how we, and then this, the sense of volition itself becomes our, our refuge or well, I think we, we, we kind of steer by my ability to, to keep operating and doing because you know. that becomes my. Um, my safeguard, you know, if I can keep light on my feet, Dutch duck, dodge, weave, you know, I can keep, you know, duck the blows and snatch out for the good stuff and keep lively, then, (laughs) you know, I've got a good chance I'm match fit for for birth. (laughs) 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 For being here. You know, so, and I suppose much of the time we do that, we just keep... trying to get into a match fitness for for this uh, experience. Um, Particularly, when we're in the public domain, with all the other athletes. Um, (laughs) You get uh, often, in in group situations, get a a certain energy, which is like a low-grade, manageable panic. A sort of certain anxiety, you know, what's everybody else doing? How am I doing? How am I doing in regard to them? Who's sitting longest? Who's not sitting? You
1: know?
0: How does she get away with it? <laughs> 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 hey, he's goofing off. How come he's getting out? <laughs> Sitting, she's sitting upright, who does she think she is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> showing off, you know. So uh, and then the sense of, well, I've got to hold my own here with all the rest of the group. I've got to make sure I'm OK, holding my own. Or alternatively, you know, I'm going to rebel against this, this, this tyranny, this authority so break out, <laughs> <you know? laughs> But still, we we are finding ourselves kind of just reacting subliminally to to these impressions. (coughs) In other words, they're they're not empty for us. They're very loaded for us. This is not just some human body sitting in a room. Mm -hmm. Body sitting in a room. Mm -hmm. This is a body sitting in a room. There's some body sitting in a room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's all you know all sorts of other things shaping up, aren't there? And we may not be entirely fully conscious of that, aware of that. But then what's it like just to be a body sitting in a room? The subjectivity of that. So I uh, differentiate between subjectivity and self. Self is a confused subjectivity. Self is a subjectivity is a sense. It's like um, an attribute of, of awareness. So it's, oh it, it resonates. This is happening. It's intimate. It's particular. It's specific. It's giving rise to unique moment-by-moment uniqueness with no consequence and no precedent. It's empty of that. Self is an accumulation, a a substance, um, a lump of inheritance which seeks consequence, which is not unique, which is horrifyingly familiar sometimes. You can recognize its contours. It's like uh, uh, something that's solidified. And it's solidification of all the patterns, the volitional trembling, the uh, which is the primary formation of that. It's a kind of, it's the wiring of the programming. It's the, you know, the volitional tendencies as they become learned and structured in. <coughs> and the blinkeredness of it is it always gives rise to a, a, a dualism myself, Whenever there's myself, there's another. It's myself and other. The other may be one of you. It may be all of you. Mm. Yeah. So it's the object. And um, around that self-object there's a particular charge, of resonance. Because the self is, is like volition, Encrusted it's volition and volition made solid, so it's whenever it finds an other it starts to do things with it or feel it should do things with it or wonder what it should be doing with it so there's somebody else here feeling a little bit busy now already what do they think what do they feel how am I how am I with them how how you know da, 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 da. what do they think of me uh, and then the additions get created onto that that sense so um, you know what? And so this is where perception comes in, which is mean, meanings. I bet he wants me to be like this. She's looking at me in a funny way. Um, she's doing a number on me. Uh, I should be doing a number on her. <laughs> <laughs> she deserves it. You know. Oh, you know, so we're, that kind of thing going on. <coughs> Some of it, well-meaning, indeed. Indeed. Not always that accurate, though, because <coughs> because of that, how much of it's coming from our own, this unacknowledged volitional tendency. <coughs> so that the sense of self, as it sees self and other, self and other, self and other, recognize this is a duality here. When there's a duality here, there's a, how do these two meet? How do, how do I meet the other? If the other is, you know, a room, a badger, a beaver, another human being, a plant, um, a memory, how do I meet that? It's, it's kind of that's, that's the issue. How do I meet this? Is it going to be all right for me? Will it overwhelm <coughs> me? What can I do with it? So that's the trembling, and the trembling sets up this sense: something not quite right here. Something not quite right here. Something isn't really rested here. Then how can I make it rest? How can I, you know, is is the how can I get to the end of suffering, if you like, in the Buddhist sense? How can I make that okay? How can I make it really? Easy for me, restful for me, happy for me. So there's that pushing, pushing, pushing uh, in the dualistic in the dualistic experience. Either maybe I could push it away, then I'd be okay. Or I could push it to this distance, it'd be okay. You know, I, I could keep it close, it'd be okay. I could really bond into it, it'd be okay. I could grip it wildly, it'd be okay. You know, so any any level from total, you know, fully clenched holding to complete stonewall blocking and anywhere in between the two. And we're probably ranging like that. Our feelers are doing that. This person, oh this distance, that person will back off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you feel your your volitional antennae just twitching like a snail's, you know, <laughs> going out like a snail's eyeballs and you know, feeling out the the, the, red, the space there. Um, so it gets very busy, doesn't it? <coughs> Just being. And that's, that's all it can do. And in a way that, that self-system, the sense, of dualism, can take you that far. It can, it can make you quite good at that. That's, that's as far as you can go. Don't ask it to get you to the end of suffering. Just use it to help you navigate and understand what you're carrying. You know, the, the need for protection, the need for warmth, the need for friendship, the need for love, the need for self-definition. Please tell me who I am. Please tell me I'm okay. You, know, you, you can use it for that, for, for navigating purposes. This is this all right? Can I do this? Is that okay with you? Yes, oh thank you. I need that, I need to know that. That's, a, that's as far as it can take us. <coughs> but still within that, you know, we still have the possibility of, well maybe she didn't really mean that. Maybe she was just being polite. I bet there's all kinds of things he hasn't said that he really is feeling, but he hasn't actually had a chance to say about me. Maybe, or maybe I'm just too sick to really feel it or understand it. I think something's going wrong somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> At any moment now, it's going gonna, it's gonna to break out, and I'm really going to get it.
1: <laughs> it's,
0: it's getting too damn quiet around here.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, so, so a sense of lingering, be on your guard. can can be there can't it because it's all happened to us you know we have oh this is fine and then blam (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) but in uh, quality so You know, all our self-strategies can only, are okay, you know, in in a relative sense. It can take us to this sense of, you know, doing the best we can. And then within that we have to try to clear, clean the tonality so we know, you know, there's honesty here, there is love here, there is that, you know, cherishing here, there is that. Aspiration is the brightness here. I'm doing the best I can, mm. and to be satisfied with that. Don't expect it to be painless, but you rest in the tonality, and that generates the kind of self or subjectively embracing space. That means it, it, it means you can the you know the impacts can pass through. You've got a sense of something that, that means that the impacts don't stick anymore. So <clears throat> I think we may have noticed how even with uh, you know being told painful things um, about what you know what one's done or hasn't done, if it's done in a we can sense when it's done in a cherishing way. Just to, in, just to inform, you've got, you got the navigation signal wrong there, should left was what was required, not right. Um, and oh, okay, gotcha. And maybe that, that was a bit painful. But the pain, the hurt, was not damaging. Because what was maintained was a sense of connection, sense of, of connected space, connected awareness between people. It wasn't like you've been dismissed. You know, bonk. You're wrong, but you're not wrong. But the behaviour, you've got the signalling wrong, You know, on a behavioural level. So we can recognise that even the dissonances and the painfulness are something we don't have to feel blame and shame around so much as just trying to learn how to negotiate and also rest in our own authenticity. You know our own truth, our own purity, and to keep residing in that. So this must be our, our supreme refuge, because there's nothing else. We can't cover the rest of it. We can't find a world that won't give us unpleasant impact. <coughs> it's It says, don't, don't ask this of me. You've been born here. It's not the law of this realm. But we can through recognising it as just this, just the painful feeling, we can uh, find the quality of the emptying of proliferation. You know, there's the painful feeling, not, I'm so stupid, I'm rotten, I'm hated, I'm rejected, I'm a failure, you don't love me, there's nothing, you know, this kind and the other, just the painful feeling of And in in the emptying out around that, we know it's just this. And the spaciousness. And feeling is impermanent. Comes and goes. We can feel the feeling in the feeling. We don't have to be damaged or gutted by it. It seems that a very important aspect or crucial aspect of emptying, emptying is, is in the volitional sense. Volition is not just purposefully intending, like, I really want to do this. It's, it's kind of automatic. When it's automatic, I call this what I call this low-grade panic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like panic because we, we've of acclimatized with it. But it's when you get ricochet effects, you know, Something happens, so you immediately come back. That's what I call low-grade low panic. Other people call it efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> Being on the ball. Uh, but it means there's no space to receive that. It's immediately bat it back. You know, we're, we're at tennis now. Flap, slap, 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 slap. Um And how good you can do it is, is, is when you're match fit. Is it possible to just be spacious around, around contact, around feeling, around even perceptions there as, ar- as they arise? So as I recognize my, my own re- reactivity, some of it, most of it well-intentioned, some of it is just uh, panic. Please don't hurt me. You know, please say I'm all right. Kind of, I didn't. I didn't mean to do that wrong. I'm sorry. I didn't really mean to do that wrong. No, you know, It's just like it wasn't you doing something wrong. It's a, it's a blame thing. It's just you didn't quite get the gearing right. It's not a condemnation. And how difficult it can be, just to be you able know, to hear, I didn't say the right thing. Or I didn't say the right thing at the right time. So then the panic arises, justifying. Trying to get it right. Blaming myself. Uh, Why do people have to say this this kind of stuff? I'm doing the best I can. (laughs) Down. (laughs) 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 It's just, just, you know, you just miss the signpost. That's all. It's no big issue. It's not an essence issue. It's a behavioral thing. And we have the spaciousness to learn. (coughs) Without losing our Our centre, our tonality, willing to be here. Now, in (coughs) dealing with one's what appears to be one's own stuff, just just float that phrase in there. Who knows where it is? You know, who knows how it got here? Relationship is really important. Not to get into uh, not to keep enacting the low-grade panic, or the high-grade panic, or you know the, the um. super turbocharged panic, whereby things get very intense and precipitous, and I'm right on the edge, and you know I'm about to blow up. I'm um, saying so, you know, space is needed here. Um, don't take all this personally you know, some of this stuff can be these are all layers these are all layers that get, get structured in from from, being birth, from birth from coming out into this a world of pain and pleasure and enticement and pushing back and all that and all the refinements of that so you get these layers, layering of <coughs> trying to get it right, um, try not to notice that it's wrong. Um, this is uh, really <coughs> a lot of intensity around all that. <coughs> Whereby, uh, you know, there's a self in there trying to get it right and not, not wanting to get it wrong. Uh, and that's continually vibrating in a, in, a, in a volitional quality. Sometimes it's such a high pitch that it doesn't seem to be mobile anymore. It just feels like a high, like a tension. It's like the oscillation of volition has got to such a pitch. It's become like a trilling uh, intensity of tension. I've just, I don't know what it is, but I've just got to. It's, just, it's got locked on, got to. <laughs> you know, it's even lost what it's got to do, but it's just got to. So <coughs> you get this extreme tension can build up. It may be that we touch into particular areas, meanings, perceptions, memories, particularly the meanings in our life, those held meanings, of what I am, of, of what I can't do, of what people think of me, of what I always am—the hallmark of it is familiarity. Anything that feels like familiar me is is karma. Mm. And it's it <coughs> when you start to touch that, uh, it, however innocuous it may be, and we can some of it is seems just so innocuous. So you get this is all right, it's just simple old me again, and. When you start to touch that, uh, however innocuous it may be, and we can, some of it is, seems just so innocuous, so you get, this is all right, it's just simple old me again, and doesn't seem to be much in it. But be wary of that, because it will, tends to gradually take you in to some, some of the tough stuff. You, know, you, you begin to find yourself resting onto, or getting into the karma. And then it's there's, there's almost like the, the, the afflictive places begin to pull, and demand attention, pull you towards it. And you may notice this yourself when, you, when your mind slips off the meditation object. And it slips off into something, maybe a little dream. And for a little while it starts to curl around and then we find ourselves in the territory of the judge caught you. You, know. you were daydreaming. You know. Or it takes us into some painful memory. And, um, or it takes us into a sense of failure. Not being able to do this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these karma formations have this quality to them. <coughs> they entice and they pull us in and then we, we get into the place where we're locked. And this happens many times. Unfortunately, the tendency is that we (coughs) try to pull out of that through some volition which is based upon low-grade panic. Do something about this. Fix it quick. Don't be like this. How can I get out of this? So The mind is fluttering. It's lost spaciousness. It's lost tonality. It's gone into pure effort of some kind. And you can't ask that of volition. Uh, it, can't, it, can't, it can't suddenly switch around. There has to be relaxation of volition to get back to the spaciousness. Volition is just like a, a tool. It's not self. Karma formations are not self. They are, they are habited in. They're, they're things that get automated in. You can't expect them to act with ingenuity. You can't ask a computer to tell you a joke unless you've programmed it in. You can't say be imaginative, it can only do what it's learnt. And volition has only learnt do, do more. You know, it, only, it only knows the position from either withdraw or, or reach forward. It knows those, doesn't it? And, and when we get into the, the, the quality of stuckness, the intensity of that, catalyzes an intense reaction. Do something about this quick, I'm stuck. So withdraw, you know, full speed, full speed astern. (laughs) (laughs) Pull out of this, you know, or full speed ahead, push, 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 you know, pull out of this. And we're actually staying in the same tonality of panic. So we need to in a way changing the volition or relaxing the volition this is what the emptiness motto is about being able to say there's there's this it's just this it's empty of this it's just this this is the judge this is the fear this is the um, wanting to get away this. So even around these, you know, the possibility of spaciousness. So many things come up as questions and ambiguities and problems. This is just the unknown. This is the I don't know what to do. This is the... I don't know what will happen after the retreat. I don't know how long I can manage this. That's true. I don't know. This is called the unknown. The unknown. And it's an important aspect of our lives. Without the unknown, there's no potential. Some of us likes the unknown, and some of us dreads it. We try to fill it up, ink it out. So that volition... That's what I mean by volitional tendencies. They are reactive. And emptying is is the ability to just pull the plug on that volition. Go to the space, go to the tonality. So often when we get into uh, problematic states, with that the quality of volition that gets catalyzed actually obsesses us with it. So, you know, in a way meditation or apparent meditation (laughs) you know, sitting here and trying to meditate can take us into obsessive patterns rather than release patterns. I was kind of wandering around in the woods looking at the birds and eating a Milky Way bar It felt pretty good i you know, sit down here and realize how depressed I am you now you know, what a wreck I am and how ruined I am and how badly I've been treated, and da 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 you know. And you know it's all 3D, and it's taken us into a, a place where we, we've touched certain woundedness, which is fine, you know we need to know that, but you don't actually just get into your wound, sink in there, be total wound, and in a in a way that has no, no spaciousness around it. Because then you're actually ripping the wound a bit wider all the time. Um, so the quality of that is to, is to be able to know, you know what, what the difference between obsession, obsessiveness, and composure. And composure has a quality of there's, there's space here, there's a resting place here. Uh, and obsession has as is driven an active quality to it. One keeps re engaging and reigniting and repeating the stories over and over again. That is not meditation, that's obsession. Damaging. Uh, damaging to one's faith, damaging to one's dignity, damaging to one's ability to, to access awareness. And we have materialness that is is quite you know, depending you know we, c- we can have materialness that's quite wounded so you must be on your guard against that that, that, that material it's, it's radioactive so you know you're touching the edge use that phrase just touching the edge but knowing you can't go in to that until you can stay out of it. It doesn't mean staying out of it's an answer, but it certainly doesn't mean that going into it's an answer. It's having that agility. I can go back to the tonality, the breathing, the kindness, the okayness, bodies in the room, light coming through the windows, breathing in, breathing out. And I can still maybe feel that tremble of of the pain or the wound. I can even so sometimes it's sometimes it's just knowing the right distance you know you can stand back and deal with it from your strong place your healthy place just easing into that difficulty sending the good thing into onto the onto the hurt thing this is the the skill that's required of vitaka vichara ability to acknowledge truly acknowledge but how to handle and handling is a fine thing. You know? And we all have these wonderful um, fingers and hands that tell us how to handle things. You know? And you realize there's, there's, there's squeezing and there's stroking. And there's just letting things rest in your hand. And there's fine twiddling and tweaking. And occasional slapping, you know. <laughs> There's all sorts of way of handling it, and hand is a wonderful thing. So that's why I use it, the word handling phenomena. And sometimes you have to put gloves on. You know, asbestos gloves. You know, <laughs> to handle material. It's too hot. Or you know. those things they use when they're handling uranium. You know, the guy's behind a glass, and he's got these <laughs> things in there, you know, wow, this is, vulca- this is radioactive, you know. But I'm still going to handle it <laughs> in some way. You know. So this, this is the, what we, if we're, this particular ability we have for volition, you know, to be able to engineer and manipulate and, and control and weave and so forth, it's, it's okay, but it's learning how to use it so that we can use it skillfully to handle material. Um, you can't ask it to do more than that. But as we hand material carefully, we're able to stay in our, in our resonance and be subjective, rather than become a self. In other words, feeling the feeling in the feeling, breathing that in, breathing that out, feeling the spaciousness in that ability to be aware, dwelling in that ability to be aware of a phenomenon, abiding in that, Rather than becoming a self, who has got a position and a view about that thing that's happening. And he's going to deal with it, and it shouldn't be there. And I'm going to make it go away, or hold on to it. And then the, the, the hardness starts, isn't it? The clenching. The clenching of greed. The clenching of hatred. The clenching of delusion. And you can feel your, your system goes rigid. Um. <coughs> We're trying to just look at that particular faculty, the volitional and perceptual qualities. Perception is the immediate meaning that comes up. <coughs> so when we stand up and walk around, walk around, just noticing. What, what do things mean? You know. How does it strike you? How does it touch you? If you live here, if you work here, you walk around and, you know, office, you feel yourself cringing if you go past <laughs> the office. <laughs> you know, maybe out the door, door, you know. So <laughs> recognizing that, you know, or a particular person you know, maybe, and you feel, oh, in a sense of, oh, you know, like that, you know, oh, so-and-so, and you kind of feel something you want to move forward. Or someone you know, and something he wants to pull back, and just acknowledging these, these fluctuations. So you, you become aware of, of this bo- body signalling, uh, what these um, karma formations is. this are signalling to the body, and if you're in that, it really um, it tells you a lot about um, how you know how your how your volitional tendencies are moving. And then you can recognize this is just the body standing in front of me or the other side of the room. It's a visual object now. It's just a door. This is just the, you know, so those meanings which arise we can also relax those and just be with the seeing. And, allow and recognize how your, your volition begins to relax when things are just the seen or the seeing, or the heard, or the hearing, or the touched. Just this. So, although those meanings may have their validity, also to be able to rest from those, so they are seen as interpretations, which have you know, a degree of validity, but they're not ultimate, absolute truths. Once they become rigid, you become rigid. Once they become true objects, you become a self in relationship to those. So our, our self, rather than our subjectivity, our sense of self is actually generated through objects, through the hardening of objects through the firming up of objects that's how the sense of self arises subjectivity is just the acknowledgement of intimacy of this is happening that's okay that's fluid self is when that means me and i a little bit i become something at that moment i become the frightened person i become the flustered person I become the lower person, and um, all of that. I have a um, practice that um, it's very advanced practice. So I'm, you know, you have to find out whether you're really ready for this yet, and it's it's we start off with a, a thing called relative aimlessness. <coughs> and this involves um, generally standing and walking and moving around aimlessly. Like I can sense some of you are ready for this. <laughs> Good. I know this is, this is challenging to be aimless in you know, a time when everything is very important to do, and we've got to get somewhere, and goodness me, it's Thursday, and so on. But <laughs> those of you, uh, you know, who feel the call to be aimless. <laughs> so in this, we walk around very slowly, just sensing how it is to stand here. It was Okay. And noticing, maybe, you see the pattern of the wood on the wall, which I'd never really seen before. Mm. Notice that. It's a sense of reminding me of trees, forests. My woodwork class when I was a little boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all that out of a wall, you know. Just let those meanings kind of resonate and ripple through. And whatever delight comes with that, or... Anger comes with that. Then I move on, and I might feel the wind coming through the window. Oh, it'd be nice to walk outside. Quite a way yet to get outside, so I have to walk through the hall. Notice the the plants there. Wonder how they're getting on. Mm. Mm. See this uh, body this wooden body zapper, with a great split down it. Meditate on that for a while. Contemplate that. Then the shoe rack. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, negotiate the shoe rack. Where did I put my sandals now? Which shelf? <laughs> and uh, everybody's wearing tavers these days. And you know, why have I got still got these old Birkenstocks? And, <laughs> And maybe finding one's shoes because some, some person I don't know why people do this but somebody has moved my sandals <laughs> and what kind of place is this where people move your sandals without you know, asking your permission so a little bit of you know whatever comes up with that anyway I manage that put <laughs> the sandals on the ground put my feet in them feel the textures of the feet hitting the sandals start moving across the hall three people moving in front of me sense of uh, withdrawing, holding back then maybe why do people do this or whatever, comes up with that and just letting these meanies kind of touch and move and maybe eventually we get it to the door (laughs) open the door, go outside wow it's cold out here (laughs) get my coat so we turn around Hear the sound of the latch clicking, turn back. Somebody else is coming out. We recognize who it is. Oh, slight sense of that. Move to one side, negotiate another door. Where did I put my coat? (laughs) Uh. Why am I always forgetting where I put things? And just keeping it very light. So you, you notice these resonances coming up. And any time, just standing, anything settled, you're walking and walking as if you're just learning how to walk, you feeling it out, feeling the body, feeling the feet, feeling the air, you know uh, where am I how am I how is it so <coughs> you can you know walk up and down if you you know if you Aimless is getting a bit of a strain and get into a, a, a pattern of some kind. <coughs> and It's a way of, of, of um, regulating volition, being able to acknowledge the volitional twitch, regulating it, acknowledging perceptions, meanings and values they arise, and being able to just let them be there, float by, and not feel you've got to get a volitional thing, you know, hooked onto that. Yeah. This reminds me. This, therefore, yeah. but just to allow it to to float through. <coughs> it's aimless wandering. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's that sense of feeling the sense bases, just touching, letting them touch you. We don't ever with this um, contact other people directly. You, know, you can see but no intrusion because it's important that everyone can feel safe in their delicacy. So, also we don't contact things that engross like reading a book listening to anything like radio or television or anything that can really pull. We stay, because then the the volition gets gets taken over. We stay in that light sense of just connecting to the space and feeling the signaling in the body and being able to respond to that. to talk myself into emptiness.